find in your Bible with me again uh, the Old Testament book of Daniel and chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, hold your place there for just a minute. Daniel chapter 3, as we continue in our series, Living for Christ in a Hostile Culture. Living for Christ in a Hostile Culture. We're learning from the book of Daniel uh, how to stand in our faith in hostile and difficult times. Uh, and in, and the last week we had our Lord's Supper. So the two previous installments in chapter 3, let me just give us a little background there again. Uh, the first thing we saw a few weeks ago was how sometimes the culture changes the rules. You can be living your faith, doing what God wants you to do. Occasionally you're pressured to compromise, but you can stand against that pressure. And then suddenly they change the rules, and you, you experience real pressure to compromise. And we met these three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in that kind of situation. And then we followed that up a couple of weeks ago with the installment uh, in the series, still in chapter 3, where King Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful king on the planet at the time, finds out these three young men refuse to bow to his golden idol, and he brings them in and he questions them. And you'll recall the powerful statement in chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. When these three men make this statement, we called it an even-if faith. It's when they say they believe that God is more powerful than Nebuchadnezzar, that God can save them from the fiery furnace. That's the punishment for not bowing down, being thrown into a fiery furnace. They say they believe God can save them if he chooses. And then they say this, but even if he doesn't, we will not bow to your idol. Even if he doesn't, we will not bow. We will stand for the truth and stand for our God. In 1940, 300, more than 300,000 Allied forces were surrounded by the Nazi army in, on the seacoast village of Dunkirk in northern France. The Nazis had them cornered. They were bringing in more artillery. It was inevitable that more than 300,000 Allied troops would be annihilated in a single day. And just before this calamity was about to happen, an officer on the beach in Dunkirk sent a three-word message to his British commanders. And the message simply said, but if not, but if not. Immediately the commanders knew what it meant. And they hustled and moved into action. They began asking for volunteers on the seacoast villages of Dunkirk, near Dunkirk, if they would be willing to participate in a rescue, to see how many troops they could rescue before the Nazis annihilated 330,000 troops. Suddenly, hundreds of vessels came, many small, some larger. They came to the coast of Dunkirk, and they started evacuating hundreds of thousands of Allied troops. And before the day was over, they had evacuated every single one. And not an Allied troop died that day at the hands of the Nazis. It's considered one of the greatest miracles of deliverance in the history of modern warfare. But if not, is what triggered the response. But if not. And the commanders knew exactly what the soldier meant the beach at Dunkirk. Why did they know that? Because back in 1940, people read their Bibles. They knew it was a reference to Daniel chapter 3 and verse 18, which we read as, 
but even if not. But the King James Bible translates it, but if not. In other words, he was letting them know, we anticipate we will perish that day. We would like to be rescued, but if not, we will not surrender. We will not step down. We will stand right here for what's right. The book of Daniel teaches believers that even if faith, that but if not faith, is the kind of faith that sees God work in miraculous ways in our lives. It's that faith that says, it's up to God whether he rescues me. Certainly I pray that he will. But if not, I will follow Christ. I will not step down. I will not surrender my faith. I will not compromise. I will follow Christ. Let's return to the story in Daniel chapter 3. We're going to pick up reading at verse 23 immediately after their statement of even if faith, Nebuchadnezzar is enraged at their response. And this is what happens. Daniel 3 verse 23, the Bible says, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the furnace of blazing fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm. He said to his advisors, didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Yes, of course, your majesty, they replied to the king. He exclaimed, look, I see four men, not tied, walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and he called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come out. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. When the satraps, prefects, governors, and the king's advisors gathered around, they saw that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. Not a hair of their heads was singed, or their robes, and their robes were unaffected, and there was no smell of fire on them. Nebuchadnezzar exclaimed, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel and rescued his servants who trusted in him. They violated the king's command and risked their lives rather than serve or worship any god except for their own god. Therefore, I issue a decree that anyone of any people, nation, or language who says anything offensive against the god of Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be torn limb from limb and his house made a garbage dump. And let me pause right there and say, Nebuchadnezzar didn't st still doesn't quite get God, but, but we understand. For there is no other god who is able to deliver like this. If you're going to underline anything in this passage, highlight it, that should be your sentence. For there is no other God who is able to deliver like this. Then the king rewarded Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. This story records an actual, real, historical event. But in the province of God, we, we see how it rests within the prophetic history of God. How it works for all Christians and all believers and all followers of Christ throughout the generations. We've seen these universal applications. We need to see it also in the, in the bigger prophetic picture that's portrayed in the book of Daniel. In 605 B.C. when Nebuchadnezzar swept down into Judah and Judea uh, and he overtook Jerusalem, laid siege to it, and ultimately captured and killed nearly all of the residents. And he took most of those residents off into Babylon, especially the select best, the royalty from who these Daniel and these three friends come uh, from the line of royalty, many others, the best of the best, he hauled off into Babylon to train them and saturate them and teach them in the ways of Babylon. When, when all of that happened, it pictured in a very real way in history the event that the three young men are experiencing 
in this story that sometimes we are hauled off into the furnace. We are put in a foreign place. We're, we're put in a hostile culture in a situation much like a furnace itself. We're put in circumstances, not of our own making, but when the tide turns against us or the culture changes the rules, suddenly we're in that furnace, or at least it feels like it. And we wonder if God has abandoned us to the flames. God is so specific about the prophetic nature and the historical providence of God working in history shown in this passage that he even anticipates this. In Isaiah chapter 43, the Bible says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and the, and the rivers will not overwhelm you. Listen, when you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, and the flame will not burn you. When God does a work in your life because you stand firm in your faith, you refuse to compromise Christ and your faith, God knows about that. God's already been working in that situation. And, and I want you to get this point this morning. God will always honor your faith. He'll always honor your faith. He knows what's on the other side of the furnace. He knows what happens next. He wants you to, to stand firm for him right now in the circumstances that you are in. And he is with you, Isaiah says. He is with you, no matter what. When Nebuchadnezzar laid siege to Jerusalem, defeated the armies of Israel, took Daniel, his friends, and hundreds of others off to Babylon, slaughtered thousands in Judah. In Nebuchadnezzar's mind, he was a greater God than the God of the Jews. That's how the ancient kings would think. And any time a people or a nation were conquered, the conquering people and nation always looked upon it as they had also conquered the God of that nation. So what Nebuchadnezzar is going to learn is there's just one God. Just one God. And when we stand for that God, he always honors our faith. This morning, I want you to see with me three ways that God honors your faith in the middle of the furnace. Maybe that's what you're going through right now. Circumstances, pressure to compromise, difficult times in your life. It feels like you're in the furnace, in a foreign place, in a hostile culture. God won't leave you, never forsakes you, and he always honors your faith. How does he do that? I want you to see first, God joins you in the furnace. God joins you in the furnace. You know, the Bible teaches over and over, God never leaves us, never forsakes us. Sometimes he gets quiet, but he never leaves us or forsakes us. Sometimes he permits us to be in the furnace, but he never leaves us or forsakes us. The furnace these three young men were thrown into would have had two openings. One was at the top, and that's where metals were thrown in to be melted and burned. That's where uh, they would drop down anything going into the furnace would be dropped down from the top into the flames. That's why as we read it, it says that Shadrach, Meshach, uh, Meshach and Abednego fell into the furnace. They were dropped from the top. And once they were dropped in, Nebuchadnezzar uh, pulled up a chair to watch through the second opening, which would have been a side door, so that those who were actually working metals could work from the side and, and work in and out. But he could see the three men in the midst of the flames. And as we read it, as the Bible says, suddenly he hopped up. He, he jumped up from his perch, which is something kings didn't normally do. 
Because what he saw dumbfounded him. And he called out to the men that were still at the top where they had dropped the three Israelites in. Those three, did you not drop in three men? Did we not throw three bound men into the furnace? Yes, my king, that's what we did. Well, look at what I see. Do you see what I see? The language means that he was alarmed and amazed. That, other, that means otherwise both astonished and terrified at what he saw. Not only did he see the three men thrown in, he saw a fourth man with them. And the, all four in there were not being touched by the flames of fire that you'll recall burned alive previous men that got near the front of the furnace. He said, what, what am I seeing? I see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He, could, he, could, he was close enough he could make out what they were wearing. He could make out their silhouette and their faces. He could identify them. He could see they were no longer bound, but also unburned. This alarms him. He's not alarmed by seeing people burned alive. He's alarmed when they're not burned alive, and they should be. But what really gets his attention is the fourth man. And he describes the fourth man as someone like the son of a god. Now don't jump to the conclusion that suddenly Nebuchadnezzar has become a believer in the Hebrew God or the Trinity or that Jesus is the son of God. But as the, as the story goes on, he identifies again this fourth man as something like an angel. Now, both terms put together draw us a picture of who is in the furnace with these three men. You see, in the Old Testament, there's a particular phrase used of only one individual. And this individual shows up on particular occasions. He's not referred to as an angel of the Lord. He's always referred to as the angel of the Lord. There's a definite article in front of his name every time in the Hebrew language. And in his appearance... He almost always appears as one who is deity. And, and scholars believe, and, and, I, and I agree, and most who study scripture understand, every time the angel of the Lord shows up, every time that one shows up, it is the pre-incarnate Christ come to earth for a particular reason. So while he doesn't quite understand who it is he's seeing, his declaration affirms what we know. Nebuchadnezzar is seeing the pre-incarnate pre-Bethlehem, son of God, in the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God joins you in the furnace. Just one thing to, to believe and understand that God never leaves us or forsakes us. It's another thing to realize that he actually joins us in our worst times. He's right there with you in the middle of the furnace. King David put it this way, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David didn't say, if you were with me and you loved me, there would be no sh valley of the shadow of death. I would never have hard times. There would never be a furnace. That's what, not what he said. He said, even though I walk through those dark times, you never leave me. You're always with me. You join me right there on the path. That's God's promise and God's nature. God honors your faith in this very simple way. God never leaves you. And maybe you're in the furnace right now. Maybe the flames are licking at you 
you can feel the stress, the pressure, you're frightened, you're concerned, you can know he's with you. He hasn't left you. Maybe he's quiet. Maybe you're wondering why he permits you to be in the furnace at this time, but you can know he's right there with you. And just in case we don't get the message right away, the Son of God himself, the Son of God himself, affirms it in the furnace, then at Bethlehem, then in John 10 when he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you, then at the cross, then at the resurrection, he affirms it over and over. The Son of God is God, and he's with you in the furnace. The second way that God will always honor your faith, God reveals his power in the furnace. God reveals his power in the furnace. We would prefer that God reveal his power by not letting the furnace happen in the first place, wouldn't we? And sometimes God does steer us clear. Sometimes God protects us and preserves us and, 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 and circumstances. But sometimes God allows the furnace. And, and one of the reasons he does that is because his most powerful moments in your life you discover are when you were in the furnace. We don't always know that while we're in the furnace. It's when we come out the other side and we're down the road a bit and we realize that God, God was there with us and God used that moment to demonstrate his power. He revealed again that he is God. And when you have that even if faith that no matter what, I will trust God, God shows himself and reveals his power. For these three men, it was that their garments were not burned up and there was never even, even a hint of smoke. I don't know about you, but I can't even go near a fire at night and not come out smell. If I'm there five minutes, I come, my clothes smell like smoke. These guys came out cleaner than when they'd gone in. Unbound, no shackles. And, and it's notable, it's notable. Nebuchadnezzar calls the three guys out that he put in. He doesn't call the fourth guy out. Not doing that. Because he knows now what he's dealing with, a power he cannot even conceive, a God he doesn't even recognize, has shown up in the midst. All this time he thought he had defeated the God of the Jews way back in Jerusalem. It turns out the God of the Jews has no boundaries or borders. And the God of the Jews will always be with his people. God likes to show his power in the middle of your furnace. God shows up. Remember, God is mostly interested in doing what only God can do. We press him for a rescue that we want to see. We want God to behave like we want God to, be to behave. But God does what God does. And that even if faith that stands firm for him will get to see his power in ways we never would have otherwise. In the case of these three young men, God's power preserved them. It may be in your case, there could be healing. There could be guidance. There could be mended relationships. Uh, there could be God letting you go through a difficult time so you know that he's always with you. Maybe what you need is surrender. You need to give your circumstances over to him. But God will show up in his power and his greatness in the midst of the furnace for you. That's what he does. God always reveals his power that way. So God honors your faith first by being with you in the furnace. Then God reveals his power in the furnace. Then last, 
God vindicates your faith in the furnace. Simply put, God wants you to know you're right in believing in him. You're always right in believing in him. Nebuchadnezzar is the one in this case that glorifies God in an extraordinary and unusual way. Uh, and the way really only a pagan polytheistic king would do it, he threatens everybody's life that won't bow down now to the God of the Jews. Not really the way God wants it to work, but still it gets Nebuchadnezzar's attention. And Nebuchadnezzar now knows that he's not the God. He's not the most powerful. And none of the gods that the, the Babylonians worship are more powerful than the Hebrew God. God wants you to remember that he knows what's on the other side of the furnace. And when you trust him for this time, this struggle, this, this pressure against you, he knows what's going to come out the other side when you trust him and you believe in him. The book of Daniel has, we're going to see another moment like this come up for Daniel, but remember that the book of Daniel weds together God's sovereignty and our faith, that even if faith, it says, no matter what, I know God is in charge, God is in control. And God vindicates your faith on the other side. People get to see God work in your life. They know that you're right. Even if it takes 49 years praying for the lives of the unborn, God vindicates your faith. Even if it takes decades praying for someone to come to Christ, God vindicates your faith. Even if it takes hours on your knees pleading for his help, God shows up. God vindicates your faith. Don't give up. And the Bible teaches that your faith is impacting people around you. The book of Hebrews chapter 11 uh, is that great catalog of people of faith. Our next message series, by the way, is in Hebrews chapter 11 as we get ready for September 11th, which falls on a Sunday. We're going to talk about heroes. And these three young men are mentioned in passing, three heroes of the book of Daniel that have impacted every generation of believers all the way up to the book of Hebrews in the first century and beyond. And this is the passing statement that the book of Hebrews makes about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and this very moment when God showed up and vindicated their faith. It says very simply this, by faith they quenched the fire. Of course that doesn't mean they carried buckets of water into the flames and put it out. What it means is by their faith they rendered the flames impotent. The flames had no power over them because their even if faith was so strong to stand for God and live for Christ and stand for his word that it rendered everything the world could bring against them. It rendered it powerless. And God has already done that. Maybe, maybe God doesn't vindicate your faith right now today, but in Christ your faith is vindicated. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, he's already overcome the world for you. He's already defeated sin and death for you. Everything in the book of Daniel foreshadows this basic fact. God vindicates your faith. He has overcome the world. There is no flame that can keep you bound and burned if you trust Christ as your Savior. Because he already knows what comes next. Don't you? Don't you? 
He set you free in the middle of the furnace so you could serve him. And the world could say, wow, look what God did in his life and in her life. That's a whole lot better than the world saying, well, you sure are courageous and you sure are confident and you sure are strong. No. Let's hear the world say, look what God did. Look what God did in their life. I want to pray for you this morning. If you're in the midst of the furnace, you can feel the flames licking a bit against you, pressure to compromise, struggle with finances, health issues, heartache in your relationships, whatever it is. I want to pray for you this morning. And if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, maybe you're in this room, maybe you're at home, I want to pray for you and with you today also to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the God who shows up in the furnace. Heavenly Father, God, I pray for each of us here. Some of us, Father, are struggling through difficult times. We feel like we're in the furnace. The circumstances are unyielding. The pressure to compromise feels like more than we can handle. God, bolster our faith. And right now, God, we would recognize you are with us in the furnace. You never leave us, never forsake us. Father, we want to see your power displayed. We want to see you honored and you glorified, God. So, Father, help us to stand firm in the midst of this struggle, this heartache, this pressure to compromise our faith. Father, I pray for each of us here and at home. And, God, maybe we're not in the furnace right now. Maybe we're not pressured right now. But, God, we need to remember uncompromising faith is what gets us through. We know, God, you are in charge, and we trust you, Father, for the moment. We trust you, Father, in the good times and the struggles. We trust you, God, because you know what lies ahead. And in, in Christ, you have set us free to live for you. Father, I pray that our lives would be a legacy for Christ. And when people look back on our lives, God, and they see that we stood firm in the furnace, well, they'll know who you are. You're honored. You're glorified in our lives. Heavenly Father, for those in this room and at home, that have never trusted Christ as their Savior. I pray today, God, they put all their faith and trust in Christ in this simple prayer of faith. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I know that I can't save myself. But Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me and you're alive today. So Jesus, please forgive me of my sin, and I repent of my sin. Come into my heart, into my life. Cleanse me, forgive me, and give me a home in heaven. Father, for all that... We pray together today, giving you our burdens, our struggles and concerns. And for those who have prayed to trust Christ today, I pray we would follow through with that. When we leave this place, may we be different people because we met you here. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.